Hello. Welcome to the Slaughterhouse once again. Um, this is our second episode. Wow, we're really racking them up there, aren't we? We're up to number two. Hopefully, you know, we'll excited and you know when we get to hopefully episode 100 or 1,000. Who knows how long this will go. But, uh, yeah, um, it is Christmas break here, so uh, that means I work extra here at the Amazon. Because, you know, teachers. Go team. Um, but, yeah, I, I wanted to look at some issues today that really, really focus on our adolescents, our students that are in the classroom today, and that are big struggles that they face every single day they step out of their house. I, I tell my students every day that when they get to school, they're the most amazing people in the whole entire world because they chose to be there. You know, tons of people every single day cannot even get out of bed. You know, there's too much anxiety, too much depression, too much weight of the world on their shoulders, and it just overwhelms them. And it's hard to get up and get motivated, especially, you know, when you're going to do something that is probably not the most exciting thing in the world, such as school, but they get up and they do it. And this is why I believe our students are so resilient, is they're currently going through a pandemic, they're currently going through total and utter chaos every single day, and yet they still show up. So I wanted to express with you some of the fears that my students have expressed with me over the days and just kind of, you know, try and get an understanding of what we can do to help them to also get an understanding of, you know, what the problem is. You know, the biggest issues that are really, really facing them today. I uh, did a little project here about, oh, a month ago where I had my students write a bill. It could be over anything. It'd be crazy. You know, literally I had one kid make a bill over. You had to be a pig-nosed mass person while feeding people ice cream. Like, that was his bill. Don't know why he made it. Don't know where he came up with the idea, but he did. But a lot of bills that came across my desk were that of the issue of mental health for adolescents. And this is a big, massive struggle. Mainly because we, we see a lot of different scenarios throughout society and how we view mental health. First off, it doesn't mean you're weak. Just because you struggle with a mental health issue does not mean you are a weak person. It means that you are facing reality every single day. It actually means that you're very strong because you are taking on something every single day. And I know a lot of my students struggle with the fact of seeing as mental health is weak. It makes them weak. They can't handle it. They should be able to. Everybody just tells them to get over it. You can do it. Just be strong. Yeah, we need to be all those things. But in reality, we also need to realize where our limitations are. What we can do. What we're capable of doing. <clears throat> One of the uh, greatest pieces of advice that was ever told to me was... Some days, your best is laying on the floor in the fetal position crying, but you're doing your best. And we can't ask any more than that. Our students, our children, are giving their best every single day, and some days, those days may be them crying their eyes out, not being able to get out of bed. That's a reality. The biggest struggle, too, I think, with mental health for adolescents is a lot of teenagers don't know that they can ask questions about their mental health, that they can actually, you know, tell people how they feel when they get on medications, when they talk to a therapist. Um, the biggest struggle here, especially in the state of Oklahoma, is the following. We have the capacity to treat 
only 40% of our children's mental health issues. That means 60% of mental health issues within the state of Oklahoma for adolescents goes unchecked every single day because either lack of resources, lack of money, because a lot of parents don't have insurance to take their kid to a therapist. <clears throat> Excuse me. One of the biggest issues we see here is, you know, um, where I teach, they currently have three on-staffed certified therapists for 4,000 students. You realize just to see every kid if every kid had a mental health issue in, in the school, that means that it would take them years to see every child. Not even see them on a regular basis, but to go through the amount of children that, you know, have struggles. And uh, I've talked with staff here, and um, that's a big struggle because right now, even with those three, and they added one to get up to three, they have no capacity. They're already booked solid all the way till spring break. They don't have the ability to see kids. So if a kid comes up with an issue, a struggle, that falls on the teacher. That falls on the parent to try and, you know, help that child through that situation. And that's that's something that, you know, we as human beings need to realize is that when our kiddos are struggling, we have to meet them where they are. We have to go to their level. We have to get a better understanding of who they are. Now... I've also had a lot of other students, and I think this is a big fear for a lot of students, is their fear of that judgment. You know, that fear of the judgment is still there, that they're going to be made fun of, they're going to be viewed as weak. I don't know how many times I've heard over the last few years where some kid will literally say, oh, we're just not tough enough, we're too weak, we're just, you know, we're sissies, we, we're too soft. And that's why we all struggle with this reality. And because we're so soft, we aren't going to, you know, ever succeed in anything in life. So why should we even be trying? I'm sitting there going like, whoa, let us bump the brakes there for a second. We cannot, as individuals, view people with mental health as being soft, as being weak. We, as ourselves, have to get that perspective that that is a reality. My best friend taught me when I first started dating people ever in my life that you may not understand why a girl feels that way but the reality is she feels and that is how she feels and that is what is important and you have to go to that level it doesn't matter if you understand it or not they are processing but that also goes for you as an individual you have to come to where you are and realize hey i'm struggling i'm you know i this is difficult this is hard it's so hard to get kids just to talk to sit down and express their problems because they, they're afraid. I remember when I was going through my mental health issues when I was an adolescent, I didn't want to let my parents down. I didn't want them to feel like I had, you know, failed them, you know? So I kept my mouth shut. I didn't talk about it. I tried to deal with it on my own. And I'll be honest with you, that did not go well. But the reality is too, that we have tons of students that are dealing with trauma. We have rape victims. We have people who have seen death. We have seen people who have seen tragedy. We have seen people within our own classrooms feel loss. And when that happens, there's a lot of times nobody to come alongside them. If you're fortunate, you'll have a teacher, you'll have a parent, you'll have some person who realizes, hey, you're hurting. But I also see these kids, they go through so much and they are so 
resilient. I, I remember the first time I started teaching, the very first year, I was I was sitting there and I had a student who was a really great student, did a really great job every single, you know, day. And I just saw that he started to, you know, slip slowly. You know, he didn't talk as much. He didn't say hi. He just went and sat in his desk, didn't turn stuff in and everything started to, you know, plummet. And I remember one day he got really upset and really aggressive, you know, and I remember taking him out in the hall and I'm like, bro, you got to tell me what's up. And, you know, he just was so angry, so angry at life. And nobody knew that his mom had died. Like he didn't tell anyone. The school hadn't been notified. Like nobody knew about him and his situation. And I remember the principal came by and says, you know what? I'm just going to put him in detention and suspend him if he's not going to work. And I'm sitting there going like, whoa, 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 we know this kid is struggling. We know this kid has pain. There's anger. This is not normally him. He's a great kid. Why are we just moving straight to threats, straight to, you know, creating this fear to get him to do work? Why aren't we reaching out, you know? And as soon as he had the capacity and ability to talk about it, yeah, he slowly recovered. He got back to where he wanted to be. But this is a reality that a lot of students face, a lot of adolescents face, is that if they express themselves, it may turn around to bite them. And that's scary. And we have to counteract this. Now, when we talk of the fears of mental health for adolescents, it's a very true capacity. They don't know how to handle it. They don't know how to deal with it. They're wandering through all of this, doing their best. And we need to come alongside them. Let them know that, that it's okay to feel. I don't know why we repressed feelings for so long, told men and young boys that if you feel you are weak, you are a sissy. And I'm sitting here going like, what in the world? Everybody says we're soft. I'm thinking that we just learned how to actually be human once again. We don't have this ideology of having to show this face to the world that we are this strong human being that has no emotions whatsoever. A lot of kids don't know it's okay to be sad. They don't know that it's okay to not know the answer. If you ever come into my room during lunch, you'll, you'll meet about 10 to 15 kids that are amazing. They come in, they chat, they talk with me. We go over what issues they're struggling with. We, we talk and we work through things. And then sometimes we just, you know, really on certain days can't express ourselves. We don't know how to say, we don't know how to struggle. We get scared. We freak out and that's okay. We need to face this issue of mental health straight on. We need to empower our students to know it's okay to talk about what issues you have. We need to supply the resources to make that happen. We have a school of 4,000 students with three therapists. And I'll be honest with you, when you say the therapist inside my classroom, like not even their names, these three therapists, they will literally, our students will be like, I don't trust them. I don't want to talk to them. They don't do a good job. They aren't there for me like I need them to be. And that's because they're overwhelmed. 
Our therapists are trying to talk, to deal with tons and tons of trauma and issues. We're going through a pandemic. I remember students sitting in my classroom last year, just sitting there all year. Very talkative, very cool kid. And then, you know, it finally broke. He finally just sat there and poured out, you know, how he had lost his mom to COVID. And he didn't know how to handle it. He didn't know how to deal with it. And I just remember, you know, sitting there, I was like, it took us all year to get him to be able to express himself, to feel safe enough to say those things. And that's the time commitment it takes. This is not an easy job. We just can't overlook mental health because I'll be honest with you, our future depends on these students being able to deal, to cope, to understand who they are. I don't know how many times I've had a kid come in and say, I don't take my medication anymore because I don't like how it makes me feel. And I tell them, like, you do know you can tell your psychologist that, right? And they're like, what? Are you serious? I'm like, yeah. You can actually talk to them. Let them know that this medication doesn't make you feel okay. You can literally tell them that you are struggling with the system that they have put in place to try and help you. We need to realize here and now that mental health is something we need to deal with. Because if we do not, our future is bleak. Our students, our children, should be able to be kids, should be able to live normal lives, should be able to achieve whatever goals, dreams they have. And we as educators, we as parents, we as individuals, you know, even if you don't have a connection to a child, you have the ability to vote, you have the ability to pass legislation, you have the ability to donate time to help kids through trauma. Because if we don't, what future is there? They're going to be so stuck on the trauma that they are facing because they've never faced it. They've never dealt with it. Because we do live in a society still that says we are the survival of the fittest. The strongest are going to move on. And the weak are going to be left behind. We have to change this attitude. We have to change this mindset. One of the biggest issues I ever faced when I worked for the Department of Human Services Child Welfare was I met a ton of people who had a mindset that was this. This is how you treat people. This is how they belong. You shouldn't hear a woman. She shouldn't be seen. You know, she should do what I say. It's her fault if she doesn't. And I'm sitting here going like, no. And you have to sit there and this person who's in front of you has had this ideology ingrained in their brain for years, almost lifetimes. And you have to change that mindset. And we drastically need to change our mindset on how we look at mental health. We look at it as a problem. No, we need to look at it as an opportunity to empower people that are dealing with it. We have the capacity. We have the ability. We have the resources. We just need the time. We just need hope. Now, my students listen to this podcast, and I hope that a lot of other people start listening to it as well, but I need to get people to understand that the reason we're doing this is because we're trying to face these social issues. You can take politics out of mental health. It's an issue. It's a problem. We need to deal with it. We need to focus on it, and we need to apply ourselves fully to it. 
politicians look at numbers they look at funding they look at resources <clears throat> in Tulsa County there is one mental health facility for adolescents one we used to have two until the other one was closed down for child abuse but we have one for an entire county with literally a population of over 200,000 adolescents we have one mental health facility that is a problem this is where we need to start stepping up we need to start saying we can do more I remember one time I was working an investigation and uh, this kid was having a lot of struggles, a lot of issues, and his parents took him to this facility, and they did not like what the facility was doing. They like didn't like the plan. They thought they wanted a second opinion. They wanted the ability to, you know, go and find some other option. Well, we're Tulsa County. We didn't have any other options except a private therapist, which cost money. And because they refused to admit him into this facility because they were so scared of what it might do to their child... DHS was called saying that they were not doing all they could and I remember when I went out and I spoke to the parents they're like it's not that we didn't want to do all we could it was a simple fact of we did not feel like our son would get the best treatment here and you know they did go out they did find a private you know therapist and they found you know another solution which they did and a lot of parents though don't have that option but that's how we view mental health is that it's not a priority in the state of Oklahoma. It's not a priority in the world. We have to do more. That is just a simple fact. The biggest thing I'm going to say now is parents be advocate for your kids. When they go and they have to deal with a mental health facility and they have to deal with a therapist, advocate for them. Don't overbear over them. Don't shut out their voice. Make sure that they know that they can talk, that they can express themselves. They can tell you how they feel. They can tell you that this session with the therapist was really great today. This is what we struggled with. Be patient with them. Be kind. Because that's your future right there. We have the ability to change. We need to change our mindset on how we view mental health, and we need to take action now. Because if we don't, I feel we are going to have a bleak future. We have kiddos who need help, and we have to be the ones to help them. I look at politicians now fighting over what they're fighting over, and I just sit there and go, we could be doing so much more. We could be addressing vast issues that need support and help right now, such as mental health for adolescents. Because right now, to take a kid to a private therapist will cost thousands of dollars a month if you don't have insurance. And if you do have insurance, your options are limited because you only have certain specific resources that you can use. And that's not okay. We have to be able to treat mental health without a dollar sign on it without a number because that's what happens with a lot of parents I've had a kid tell me before he's like the only reason I'm not on my medication is because my parents can't afford it right now because 
They make too much money to be on Sooner Care, but they don't make enough to help him. And they want to help him. They want to do everything they can to help him. But there's this big dollar sign that literally hovers over mental health, and that stops so much when it shouldn't. The dollar signs are not okay. We need to be helping people. We need to be talking. We need to be having conversations. We need to be doing so much more than we are now. And we have the capacity to do it. We need to make phone calls. We need to write people. We need to sit down with our school boards. We need to sit down with our politicians. We need to sit down with our therapists and say, you are sitting here on a side of something that is desperately needed. What can we do to help that situation? What can we do to empower our therapists to treat patients better? I think before I end this episode, the first thing I'm going to say is we can We have the ability, we have the capacity to treat mental health for adolescents and also mental health for adults. We can do it. Second, do not be afraid of mental health. As a student, as an adolescent, as a parent, ask questions. Don't be afraid to advocate for yourself and for your child. Don't be afraid as students to advocate for what you're struggling with. If medication doesn't work, talk to someone. Talk with your therapist. Work things out. Don't just take it because someone says you have to. Find out what works. If you don't like your therapist, try another one. Keep fighting for yourselves. Parents, you know your kids are important. They are valuable. They carry a lot of weight in this world. We have the ability to do so many great things for our kiddos. But I think today the biggest thing also I finally want to end with is we need to quit calling mental health a problem. People are not weak because they struggle with it. We are not soft. We just have the capacity to realize that we can feel. That we are humans. That we have feelings. We have emotions. And that is okay. There are many times I have told students it's okay to feel. And there are many times I have shut students down saying, hey, that is not how we treat somebody who has an issue. We need to come alongside them. We need to support them. We need to be there for them. We can do it. All right. So to wrap up this episode, just so you know, just so you know, I am making it today so you can do it. We are having our own email account set up. It is called Social Slaughter at gmail.com ah, wow that didn't come out right just said .com socialslaughter at gmail.com and if that changes um, I'll send it out in the message and all that type of stuff but it should be up and running hopefully today but the biggest thing is you guys have questions concerns things you want to say just let us know alright because we want to talk about what issues you guys are struggling with what you kind of want to think about if you're just curious about how politics work or you know how we deal with situations you know as teachers or how students can advocate for themselves or if you want to change the world some way ask we can talk about it I don't mind doing research I don't mind looking things up but like let's figure out what we can do to you know try and get this podcast out there so we can you know support more people with their questions their thoughts their concerns you know because all we need sometimes is somebody to listen and somebody to actually talk to and when you can accomplish those things life is good well guys 
It was great talking to you once again. I hope to have another episode out within a week or two. Microphone hasn't come in yet, but hopefully it will soon. Fingers crossed. Love it. That's all I can say. I hope you guys take to heart what we said today in today's episode. And, you know, hopefully next week when we start tackling the um, issues of um, lessons in politics and the idea of voting, like maybe we can, you know, find some solutions to help make sure that our students and our future has a good idea of how to vote, why to vote, and what we can do to support them. Hope you guys have a great and wonderful day. I'll talk to you later. Slaughter out.